This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ronald takes the snap, looks left under pressure. Bullets one over the middle, and he's got Crowder. Up the 10, cuts it back, at the 5, goal line! Sam Darnold did it again! Jones, that's a takeaway! Bradley McDougal. And welcome back to another episode of the Cool Your Jets podcast. Rio, it's been blessing to the Michael Nania. Oh, Michael, we're, we're, we're back to where we were about nine months ago. The Jets are back to losing. Um, they didn't even give us a, a quarter of hope at all. At least last year, they, they had the, the good moments to, to Bell, and then they, they blew a 16-point lead. This was just pretty ugly from the start. Um, Literally the first play. The first play was a penalty. Second play was a, a drop and a missed throw. I mean, it was just pretty bad. All, I guess they had the Allen fumble. I guess that was the high point. Um, but outside of that, I mean, it was pretty ugly. I mean, they, they did kind of get back in the game a little bit. It was 21-10, third quarter, and they were driving a little bit. But um, overall, very, very, very ugly performance by the Jets. Uh, final score, 27-17. But honestly, it feels like it was a much bigger blowout than that. Sam Darnold, um, I asked, to be fair, I did ask Michael after the podcast what he thought his stat prediction would be for, for Darnold. And he said 18-32, 220, a touchdown interception. Darnold ended up going 21-35, 215, a touchdown interception. So, Michael, you were fairly close, but as we're about to talk about, those numbers are a bit misleading. Uh, Mike, let's just hop into it. Your initial reaction to this game, what it means. We'll get into the, you know, players who, whose stock has risen, stock has fallen, and, and some other key pieces. But just your overall thoughts on, on the Bills-Jets game. Well, the most important thing is the guy who you just mentioned, who is the you know, most important person in this organization coming into the season, the number one player who you wanted to see perform well this year regardless of how many games they won they competed for the division or the wild card no matter what you just wanted to see Sam Darnold establish himself as a franchise quarterback and even in this particular game the Jets were put in a really tough spot Bills are a great team they had injuries on defense especially at linebacker they were debuting a new completely new offensive line uh, they had injuries at wide receiver but with all that even if the team loses gets blown out if Darnold plays well, he could still come out of it feeling okay. Kind of like the game in Baltimore last year. The Jets had nothing going in that game, but Darnold played pretty well, and you could feel good about that. Uh, but in this game, like you said, 
uh, the stats did not tell the whole story at all. And even though the stats weren't good as they were, they were still very misleading. Uh, 70 of those yards, or 69 of them, were on a just simple pass into the flat to Crowder that he took, uh, did most of that work himself, and also great blocks by Perriman and Herndon. Uh, and then he had he was 8 of 8 for 54 yards on the garbage time drive. So if you take the touchdown out in the garbage time, he threw for 3.4 yards per attempt, which is absolutely awful. It's less than half of the league average. So, uh, and if he put that, if he had that in a whole game, it would be better than only uh, the New England game uh, on Monday Night Football last season, second worst of his career. So he was very bad, and that's just statistically. But watching it, there were just so many things, uh, so many ways that he was hurting the team. He missed throws from clean pockets. The interception he threw was just the same kind of mistake we've seen him make too many times uh, and clearly hasn't gotten that out of his game yet. Just chances like that, that he should not be taking, fading to his left into traffic. Um, just you would hope at some point that he would completely eliminate those, but he's still making them. And uh, there's one play where he didn't throw the ball away and just ran out of bounds for a five-yard loss. Uh, there's a delay of game that they took to start a drive in front of an empty crowd so there was just a lot and the biggest thing is that I like the offensive line in this game I think they played good uh, and looking back at it on the broadcast view you, you need the all 22 film so once that comes out I'll have a better idea but uh, looking back at it a few times it was mostly solid it was not great but it was definitely the type of performance that we hope to get from them this season and that's good enough for him to operate uh, and just not have his chances of success completely squashed because they're that bad. They definitely were not that. I think Becton and Fant were pretty good. Lewis and McGovern. Van Roten struggled. Uh, and, and also, for the most part, again, they weren't great. But I think for the most part, it was very solid. Very, pretty average. Average is what I think they were. And that's what we wanted to see. Uh, it was a performance that you can win with if your quarterback performs at an adequate level, but Darnold did not in this game. So uh, definitely a lot left to be desired for Darnold uh, over the next few weeks. And there was – he did make some good plays. This wasn't New England kind of bad Monday night game last year. There were some drops early on. Uh, and there were plays where the protection did hurt. But at the same time, for the most part, uh, he was uh, – it was a bad game. It was one of the worst games that he's played. And you definitely want to see a lot more from him, especially if the O-line is as solid as I think they were in this game. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you talked about a few things. Uh, I guess we'll start with the O-line cause you, you're right. I mean, it, it wasn't an amazing performance by the O-line, but still uh, I would say leaps and bounds better than the early part of last year. Clearly they've taken some steps. I thought Makai Becton looked very impressive considering it was his first start at left tackle, no preseason, a shortened training camp, no OTAs. I thought he looked very good. I think his only noticeable mistake – I mean, he gave up a sack that was probably more on coverage. He had a hold that I thought was not yeah, – I, I didn't think it was an egregious play. Um, I would say his worst play was the Chris Herndon fumble on the screen. He was supposed to be the lead blocker, and he just kind of whiffed on it a little bit. But outside of that, I mean, he was very solid in pass protection, better than I expected when the Jets drafted him. Granted, it's only been one game. And then very good in the run game as well. He had a nice block on a, on a Frank Gore run that Michael and I were just watching. Uh, and that goes for pretty much everybody else in the offensive line. I thought Fant looked better than I thought he might. Uh, McGovern and uh, Lewis looked solid. Van Roten struggled a little bit. Uh, but as you said, Michael, I mean, it was a solid performance. When we talked about it in the offseason, it was pretty much, can this offensive line just be in that 15 to 20 range? I mean, hopefully that the 12 to 17 range of offensive lines, as opposed to the bottom, you know, 
five offensive lines in the NFL. At least give Darnold some time to create. And even when they got beat today, I think that's maybe some people are confusing it because people saw Sam running for his life and they, they thought that this offensive line was getting thrashed. It was a lot different than last year because a lot of the times – uh, the pressure would come around the edge and then Fant and Becton would just keep pushing him around the, the, uh, the pocket like you're supposed to do. And that gave Darnold a lot of space to step up. As you saw in this game, Darnold had plenty of times where he was able to roll out with nobody there, um, which is very good for his game since he's so good throwing on the run. It's a lot different than last year where he'd have, you know, a def- defense would rush four guys and the Jets would have five guys blocking and all four would just get through right up the middle. It was a lot different. Yeah, exactly. I think before. that's the biggest thing because I think a lot of people feel like they didn't play well because Darnold did scramble a lot in this game. Um, but the biggest thing is that last year it would be pressure where you have multiple guys losing on one snap. It would be straight up the middle. He, uh, a lot of times not even have the room to scramble outside because he'd right. just be concealed in there with no escape route. But when they, when the, they did lose reps in this game, they were, like you said, when it was on the edge, they pushed them up the arc so he could step up. When it was on the interior, it usually wasn't, that egregious of a loss they were giving up penetration but they were kind of, they were declaring where the space was for Darnold so okay Van Roten or even Lewis sometimes got beat but they would make sure to push them in a specific direction so Darnold has a clear area for him to step up into last year you would have a lot of reps with Jonathan Harrison just straight into his lap um, also Brian Winters at right guard he'd just get beat and the defender would be coming right at Darnold so those kind of losses you didn't have in this game. So it wasn't great. You would like to see them be more consistent. But when they did lose, it wasn't that bad. Another big thing is that it was usually only one guy losing on right. a snap as opposed to last year. A lot of times it was multiple people on a single snap, making it almost impossible to escape. So uh, I think the perception, a lot of people think they didn't, the offensive line didn't play too good because Darnold did have to scramble a lot. But uh, the, mo- the important thing is that when they were losing, it wasn't that egregious of a loss. So I think overall it was a very decent performance. And right. for a unit that has five guys playing together for the first time is uh, pretty impressive. There's right. definitely it, a lot to work with here. Exactly. I mean, this is hopefully the f- – I mean, I guess they, they could definitely have a, a play worse, especially with the Niners coming to town next week. But hopefully it's only going to get better from here the more games they get together. And the impressive part about them having – because that was a big concern. Could they be able to develop chemistry? I don't remember recall seeing any big mental errors in this game. From the first play against Buffalo last year, there was a huge yeah, mental the, error. And that's team. another thing. The blitz pickups in this game were pretty good for the most part. Right. From the first play against Buffalo last year, first pass for Darnold, there's a big miscommunication between Winters and, and Khalil. Um, this game uh, – didn't see many huge miscommunications. So overall, I, I was fairly impressed with the offensive line, I guess. It wasn't an amazing performance, but still a, a very solid performance. And the most important guy in that line, Mekhi Becton, had a, had a, had a good game. Um, but going back to what you were saying about Sam, and yeah, I mean, it was a disappointing game for sure. I mean, he just definitely missed way too many throws. It wasn't, you know, New England seeing ghosts bad. It wasn't as bad as maybe Jacksonville last year. Um, but it just wasn't good enough. I mean, they had opportunities. There were open guys that he just missed. I mean, he didn't get all the help in the world. The defense played absolutely terrible outside of uh, a few forced Josh Allen turnovers. Um, the play calling could have been a bit better. Uh, and you saw it in the two-minute drill uh, at the end of the game and at the end of the half that Darnold was able to push the ball down the field when he got in that tempo. But, yeah, I mean, a pretty ugly game. I mean, you were talking about – I would say you could – there was probably – 
without charting it, 10 bad Darnold plays in this game. That's just too far between the missed throws, between the delay of game, between the interception, between the coverage sack where Le'Veon Bell slipped and he wasn't able to get through his progressions, uh, between running out of bounds. I mean, he just had too many. Come on, Sam, what, do you do? what is he doing on that play? On the interception, Michael and I disagree a little bit. I mean, I, I shouldn't say we disagree. Uh, bad decision, uh, even worse throw. But I will say that throw is very similar to the Robbie Anderson play against Oakland last year. And that play is, is lauded as Sam Darnold's best play as highlight. He's rolling right. left. And I, but here, look, here's where I kind of stand with it. I think this is why that Robbie Anderson play, as great as the throw is, it's why that was a bad play. It's because for every one time you com- complete that throw, you get a few, of, a few plays like this one against right. Buffalo. You had this interception. You had the one against Washington last year, the one against Miami in the end zone. He had one like this in Buffalo in week 17 last year. So for every one that you complete like that, you're going to make, you're going to throw some interceptions. That, that's, and that's true. Near interceptions. That's true, it's but just Darnold, a really hard throw to make that you shouldn't be trying. That's true. But Darnold can make those throws. And I don't mean to say anything. You go back and watch that play. Yes, it's triple coverage, but there's 10 yards of space between Crowder and the near safety in the back. Like, there was an opening behind those three linebackers. I mean, yeah, an insane throw to try, but we've seen him complete that type of throw. And if he put a yard or two more yards on that, that's a completion. So, again, he can't be making those types of throws. Um, uh, so, we agree on that. But I, I, I do disagree a little bit in the sense that that is part of Darnold's magic as he makes these crazy plays. That's a Mahomes type of throw. And I would say more times than not, Darnold actually does complete those types of throws. But you're right. I mean, if, if you're trying to play winning football and you're down 21, that's not the type of throw to even attempt. It was clearly just an off game for Darnold. And, and that's probably been the big concern for me as he's just – the hope for me this year was that we were going to find consistency with Sam, and this hasn't answered it. I don't think Sam is a bust. I don't think Sam is a bad quarterback. I think – you know, a few more plays go the Jets' way or the defense plays a little better, I think they win this game. I think you put Sam in Buffalo and put him in Josh Allen's shoes, and they – I mean, the same result for Buffalo, maybe even better. I mean, I, I don't feel like Josh Allen is that much further ahead than Sam Darnold. He just has a hell of a lot more help. But Darnold's biggest problem, in addition to, you know, plenty of other little things like footwork and, and decision-making and stuff, but it's consistency. That's the overarching problem with him. How can you have a guy who plays like he did against Dallas last year where he looked undeniably like a franchise quarterback? I mean, he looked Aaron Rodgers-esque, Patrick Mahomes-esque. He looked amazing in that game. And then the next week he goes out and, and looks like he doesn't even – looks like Luke Falk. It looks like he doesn't even know how to play the quarterback position. He's just been too up and down in his career so far. And this was another game that demonstrates he's going to be down. I guarantee you, assuming Darnold plays – the, you know, the next 15 games that he's going to have some great games. The next 15 games, he's going to have some great, you know, three touchdown, no interception, 300 yard games where we're all going to be looking good about it. But the question is, is can he, or feeling good about it? But the question is, is, is can he do that over the course of two games or three games or a season? The big problem for him is consistency. And this was obviously a game that didn't get off on the right foot. I will say though, Michael, I wanted to ask you about this was, I mean, how much can you attribute to a short in training camp not having his starting receivers all training, uh, all of training camp, no OTAs. I mean, is this something where you think that, yes, it was a bad performance, but these are fixable mistakes? Because I will say there were open receivers uh, that Darnold just slightly missed. And I do have the confidence that Darnold will hit those throws next time. It's just, is this going to be a problem that plagues him throughout his career where he consistently has games and plays and drives where he just can't put it together? Well, like you said, with the consistency, that's what's you know just so important. His high points throughout his whole career 
have been both in 2018 and in 2019 were you know, really impressive as high point games have been legitimately elite. You look at Houston in 2018, uh, the Cowboys game last year, the Washington game, the Giants game, plenty of elite performances. But uh, just here in 2020, in the past few years, quarterback plays elevated to such a high level to where if you're having, you know, four or five bad games out of 16 in a season, that that's just going to, that's enough to bring your whole season long production down to uh, a bottom tier level. Like we saw last year with Darnold and the entire Jets offense. So you have to be able to not have games like this, even when you don't, even when you're not, you know, fully on your game, you're just, you just don't have it that day. You can't have these 10 point games or you're averaging three yards per attempt outside of garbage time and one dump off. You can't have games like that. So, you know, like you said, he's definitely going to have some great games this year, especially if the O-line is as good as I think it looked today and can improve from there. But it's games like this you got to minimize. And if he's going to prove – if we're going to come out of the season thinking he's a franchise quarterback, he can have more than one game like this the rest of the season, maybe two if we're being generous, but these performances are, uh, this is the type of performance that you just can't win with. It's really hard to win when you play at that level. And obviously the defense was terrible in this game, but it's just very hard to perform at a high level, regardless of what everyone else is doing on offense when your quarterback plays uh, like you did in this game. So consistency is really important. I mean, with everything in sports, but uh, for him, you just can't have too many games. Of, of this level, but it, it's just been consistent. Well, the one thing he has been consistent with is inconsistency. It's both of the, both the last two seasons, he's had some really good runs and he's also had some really bad ones. So uh, hopefully he can string it together. This offensive line, uh, if they're as good as I think they can be, it should help him have the opportunity to do that. So hopefully, like you said, the, op- the optimistic point of view is that, you know, like you said, there's injuries, a wide receiver, entirely new offensive line. Uh, a lot of players miss time in training camp. Uh, also, it's a shortened, pre-se- uh, shortened preseason, well, no preseason and shortened practice time as well. So hopefully wishful thinking is all of that contributed to this game. Uh, and then with the better O-line, you get Denzel Mims back. Uh, he can build some consistency, but just the worrying thing is how, you know, a lot of the issues are just things that have persisted throughout all three years. The footwork, uh, trying these over-aggressive throws that he shouldn't be. Uh, not being able to hit the check down quick enough, not getting off his first read quick enough, things like that. So uh, this definitely, there's just not too many silver linings to take out of this game, but uh, it is only one game. It's a 16 game season. He's still only 23 years old. I've posted so many times a stat. He won't be as old as Baker Mayfield was when he made his debut until November of this year. So, you know, you still have that. It's only one game. It does not sink anything, but there's there are a lot of worrying things come out of this game with Darnold. Yeah, I mean, at least Baker Mayfield didn't didn't play well either against the Ravens, so we can at least hang on to that. Uh, and you know, Josh Allen had statistically a very good game, but he still had yeah plenty well, of let me uh, talk plenty of about Josh Allen a little bit. <laughs> Go ahead. He's gonna get, <laughs> get, he's gonna get all the hype this week. Oh, he had 300 yards for the first time. He had two rushing, whatever he did. But, you know, he just – the Bills make it so easy for him. That offensive line was dominant in this game. Their receivers are fantastic. Uh, they, they just make it – and they, they call the great game too. Uh, they make him look so much better than he is. First of all, the 300 yards wasn't efficient. He threw 46 passes, averaged under seven yards per attempt, which is not good. Uh, he had two fumbles, 
he had a dropped interception in the first half. He missed two wide open touchdowns in the end zone. So he cost them a ton of points. He also had a throw where Beasley's wide open up the seam and he was short on that. It could have been a touchdown or a bigger gain. Uh, Diggs had a couple of really good catches to bail him out. Uh, there was one throw I think he missed. Wide. Just He was good in this. Like, he was right. decent in this game. I'm not saying he was garbage. If I would have loved to have Darnold play as Allen did in this game. But he's the numbers make him look like he was dominant. He's leading this amazing team. Uh, they should have scored a lot more points if Allen played right. better. I think and, I think the right yeah. now both Allen and Darnold are at a point in their career where you can win with them. That if yeah, the Jets the, were a better, the team, they're at a very similar level. The Bills right. just raise them up so much more than the Jets right. have with Darnold. Th- that you can win with Sam and you can win with Josh Allen, but at this point they're not elevating the talent around. I mean. Look, Darnold elevates the talent around him a little bit because you saw the difference between Falk and Darnold last year. So he certainly elevates the talent around him. But they're not – so far they haven't been that uh, superstar franchise quarterback that no matter what you put around them, they're going to find ways to win. So far, I mean, look, they're both young. But at a certain point, you can't keep making the same excuses. I'm still optimistic on Sam. I still think he can be the Jets franchise quarterback. But this game – after all off season of waiting and it's year three, it was, it was disheartening to see jo- or Josh, Michael. And I think you disagree with me on this because I posted on Twitter about Sam Darnold's mechanics and how they've, in my opinion, gotten worse since his r- rookie year. And look, Darnold, Darnold's never had amazing mechanics. Um, uh, that was always uh, an issue of his coming out of USC. Uh, I think his release has gotten a hell of a lot quicker since college, but I thought, his footwork looked a lot different in 2018 than it has in 2019 and so far 2020, whether it was him taking shotgun snaps. I mean, Bates had him putting his right foot in front of his left foot. So he was forced to take a step. Now Gase kind of reverted him back to college where he just has parallel feet. And then, so then every time he takes a shotgun snap, he kind of does a little hop step into his foot, uh, into his, uh, into his drop. Uh, But Michael, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think you disagree with me a little bit on that, but I feel like, if you go back and watch Sam in 2018, his footwork looked a lot cleaner. I think he's a better player than he was in 2018. Uh, and I think his release is a lot better than he was in college. But spe- I said mechanics, but I guess I should, I should say specifically the footwork looked a lot better in 2018 than it did last year and so far in this game. What are your thoughts on that? Do you disagree with that? Um, just your overall take. Well, I, I do feel like it's more that he hasn't progressed. I'm not sure that he's worse than he was in 2018. It was a different offense. I think that that season they ran a lot more screen passes that season. Right. I feel like they really – it was a lot more schemed up for him that year. and That could have kind of helped it make it look like he's better because he knew what he was going to be doing more often, less scanning the field. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about how Gase's offense um, is, you know, built for a quarterback like Peyton Manning, just a lot more complicated, a lot more reading the field. So I think that they helped make him look better because they were, you know, making things easy. Not that, you know, it was in a good way because that offense was obviously not good with Jeremy Bates, but uh, a a lot more predetermined stuff like you would expect for a rookie quarterback. But it's just more so that he hasn't improved enough, especially when there's congestion in the pocket, just not, you know, just not setting his feet and driving through his throws, really kind of just too flat-footed and not enough activity yeah, with his lower half. It's, it's the balance between the magical sloppiness, as Dan Orlovsky likes to call, talk about Darnold's game, and just 
plain sloppiness. I think right now we're seeing too much sloppiness from Sam. You don't want to take away the gamer in him where he does have these crazy plays where he looks like he's kind of out of control and he makes an amazing throw across his body or something, but he has too many of these plays where they're just negative plays and hurting the football team. And you made a good point about Gase's offense. And this is kind of what we talked about all off season, how it's a very progression based offense where it is designed so that there is a completion on every play. That's at least the hope. But in order to do that, you have to be able to get to the line, identify the coverage, which Peyton Manning was excellent at. And then based off the coverage that you see, that's how you're going to know what progressions you're going to have. And it's complicated route combinations. And with a bad offensive line last year, it was a recipe for disaster. I'm still bullish that Sam Darnold can pull us together. But Sam Darnold in college was a very one-read quarterback. He did a lot of RPOs. He has a ton of physical talent. I mean, the, the, the playing talent is off the charts. But – the Jets haven't done a good enough job, I guess, of playing to that strength, to his strengths. And Robbie Sabo made a good point because I, we were talking about Adam Gase's offense. And I said, well, why don't they build around him uh, and make life easier on him? And, and Robbie said, well, do you really want him not being able to learn how to do this stuff? And the question is, is if Darnold can take that next step into an elite quarterback, he's going to have to be able to make these elite progressions, I guess. But the Jets can certainly do a better job of look at what the Bills did. I mean, look, the Bills are a better team. But for Allen, everything is so simple. I mean, he, he now I don't want to take away too much from him because he did have some nice throws. He did throw for over 300. They clearly won the game and he played better than Darnold. But a lot of underneath stuff, a lot of flood concepts, everything going in the same direction, not many complicated progressions. I mean, he had 10 seconds in the pocket. It just seems like the Jets are overcomplicating things for a player like Darnold, who, while we hope he improves in the mental side of being a quarterback, he's so good physically that you can win with him. And it seems like they're forcing him to be Peyton Manning when right now he is, is more of a Josh Allen in the sense that they just need to simplify things for him. That was what I got from this game. But look, it's week one. There was no preseason games. It was a shortened offseason. There's plenty of time for them to get it together and to establish that chemistry. I'm excited to see what this offense looks like when Mims gets back. Um, and their last drive of the game was they did drive uh, about 85 yards and get a score. I know it was garbage time. The Bills are playing soft coverage, but that's at least some momentum moving into next week. Um, and the Jets did not place Denzel Mims on IR. So that means they expect him to be ready in the next three weeks or I guess next two weeks at this point. So we'll see if he's ready to go Sunday. I would, I would say no on that, but I would expect him probably in that Colts game at the very latest, the Broncos game. Um, let's talk about the defense though, Michael, because as disappointed as I was at the offense, I think the defense was arguably even worse. Some good turnovers on Josh Allen. Um, but really the defense never felt like it was in control. The Bills dominated time of possession. I guess that also goes in the offense as well, but Josh Allen bailed him out, missing a few touchdowns, fumbling twice, the missed kicks. Michael, how worried are you about this defense? I mean, Blake Cashman went down on the first play of the game, the second play of the game for, for the defense, and Lange coming in at inside linebacker was pretty terrible, so hopefully when the Jets get Avery Williamson back, things will look a little different, um, but how worried are you about this defense? Yeah, this was a really worrying start. I think there's a lot more hope for the offense than the defense because, you know, you have the O-line could build some more progression. You have Mims coming back, P. Ryan coming back. Uh, Chris Herndon, this was just his first, this was his first game in, you know, almost two years. Darnold obviously is nowhere to go but up from there. But the defense, there are some issues that, uh, you know, it doesn't really seem like there could be a solution. Not that they're going to play this bad every single week, but you know, there, there are some problems that seem like they're going to persist most particularly the pass rush 
that edge rush was just non-existent the entire game. And uh, obviously there's no reinforcements coming there. And, you know, we knew that position was going to be a weakness like it has for the past 293 years, but uh, it doesn't, that, that's something that's probably not going to get much better. Uh, but the, another thing that was a big problem was the interior rush as well. That's a place where you had a lot of hope. Could Quinton Williams take a step up? Could Nathan Shepard take a step up? Uh, and that group was just creating nothing in the passing game. The Allen threw 46 passes in this game. The Jets knocked him. They had one play where a, a front seven player knocked him down. And Quinton Williams got that hit. That's not to say he played well because you would like to see more than just one. But one quarterback hit from a front seven player the entire game for 46 passes. That's just not going to get it done. So the pass rush is a big issue. And with you know not no reinforcements coming to help that, uh, you've got to see more, especially from Quinn and Williams and also Nathan Shepard, who I think has some potential. I think he did have a pass deflection at one point, but still you got to see a lot more from them. But linebacker was a big issue. Losing Cashman, that really hurt. They had no backups, backup linebackers coming into this game. That was their thinnest position. So it's the last place you would want to see an injury on the defense. And Harvey Lange at linebacker, was it was as bad as you would expect. Him and, him and Hewitt next to each other combined to miss, I think, 802 tackles. I, I might be off on that, but it was somewhere around there. But those two guys, just that was awful. Uh, but the secondary as well, Desir at cornerback, I mean, that, playing yeah. <laughs> 80 yards off the line of scrimmage, just giving up anything. He's basically saying, please complete any pass you want as me, any pass you want on me, as long as it's not a go route, go right ahead, please complete that. Uh, and Greg benched him pretty quickly, so credit to Greg for that uh, obviously didn't get better with Harrison in there, but at least it wasn't. Honestly, it got, it got a little better with Harrison in there. I'm surprised. It did Harrison, get a little bit better. I'm surprised Harrison was their replacement and not Millette or Wilson. Yeah, I would have liked to see Millette. Millette played well last year when he came in there. I'm not sure it's sustainable, but he did play well. And Quincy Wilson, I would like to see him too. He's got interesting potential, even though he struggled last year, but uh, bless Austin did play well. I think he yeah. had, I mean, he flashed with some nice tackles that didn't really matter that much because he's cleaning up, but he didn't get beat too often in coverage. They weren't really looking his way. Uh, and, and he did break up that one. Uh, we'll contribute to break. It was kind of catchable, but there was the one play where the Jets were offside. Allen threw it up to, I believe it was John Brown, uh, and he broke up a potentially big play. Right. He was pretty good for the most part. And, and, he, and he did force the – yeah, he forced the fumble. Uh, Marcus he, May in Jamal Adams' new role looked – great and he did miss some tackles i think everyone missed tackles in this game right. it was, the tackling was abysmal but uh, he, i think he did miss a couple tackles but still he had two sacks and they were good sacks they were really good finishes on allen force fumble passed two pass deflections one as a blitzer one in the end zone and coverage two stuffs at the line of scrimmage in the run game he was fantastic definitely their best player on either side so austin and may big pluses and that's good because they're young players May's in a new role where his ceiling is he, – he's he made more plays in this game than really his first two years combined. So this new role gives him so much more potential to make right. big plays. So to see him convert them, uh, convert those opportunities, although he could have caught that one play in the end zone for an interception, it would have been tough. But uh, Well, it did see him play the fumble well. next. So. Yeah, and he did force the fumble. So to see him show he can make plays in that role, fantastic. I thought Austin was good for the most part. Uh, but other than that, at linebacker, you've got to get Williamson and Cashman healthy. That duo's gonna it's gonna be hard to play to succeed at all with Langy and Hewitt at linebacker. So gotta get Williamson and Cashman back. 
but the biggest question is that pass rush up front. Where are the answers going to come from? Quinn and Williams and I think Shepard are your biggest hope, uh, and they didn't show too much in this game. Right. Yeah, I mean, and also, as bad as Pierre Desir looked, Henry Anderson looked absolutely terrible and i i mean I so many times believe. he had chances to bring down allen in the backfield yeah he just bench him at this point or cut him i mean they can cut him after this year and save some money but at this point you just keep him on the roster but kyle phillips should be starting over him yeah um, and, and i'd like to see some of uh john franklin myers right exactly too I, I would have henry anderson inactive because I agree. I think John Franklin Myers probably would be better than Henry Anderson at this point. He was absolutely terrible in this game. And Pierre Desir, I mean, best case scenario is that his hamstrings hurt and they kind of just rushed him back and he was worried about getting beat deep by, by Diggs. Um, but yeah, worst case scenario is what the hell was that? I mean, he was, it was ridiculous. It was like, they didn't even watch any game film on the early. It was like, he didn't watch any game film on the bills at all. Cause me and you were talking all week about how this bills offense, despite Allen having a cannon of an arm, it's very underneath stuff. I mean, it's it's all under five yards and mainly under 10 yards. It's running the football. Allen takes off with it. So you got to play underneath, and then they'll take their deep shot. But Desir on first and 10 is lining 12 yards off the line of scrimmage, and it's like, boom, 10-yard out route, first down. It's like that's just not how you beat the Bills at all. Um, so really discouraging performance by Desir and Henry Anderson. I agree with you on this defense. It was rough. But I will say the biggest positive outside of Bless Austin uh, – at least after one game showing that he has potential to be a long-term starting outside corner for the Jets, which just helps as far as the rebuild goes, not having to fill two corner spots, hopefully. Um, yeah, the biggest good news was, was Marcus May. The fact that even though they traded Jamal Adams, and I know Adams had a good game with the Seahawks, and he was talking a little bit of smack after the game, saying he wasn't used to 38 points or whatever. But um, Marcus motor but statistically he had a very very good game in that role um the jets missed adams a little bit but not to the point where where i felt that uh uh where the jets were really 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 struggling marcus may filled into that role great and long well, i think term, with adams the thing is that may showed he could and we'll see if he can maintain it but he did good in adams's role but to have mcdougald not that mcdougald was terrible but i think well you're I think you miss having two right. really good safeties right. back there. But the I think is, May showed that he could be good in that role. Yeah, the hope is that Davis can be the long-term free safety. I don't think we saw right. much on, on defense. I mean, I know he had that crazy hurdle at the end of the game where it looked like he broke his shin. But um, hopefully it can be Davis at free safety, May at strong safety, and then McDougald as the third safety because his, his coverage skills are solid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the pass rush is the most concerning part. Quinn and Williams – I think he got a few pressures a little bit early, but I mean, outside of that, it was, it was pretty much nothing. Yeah, I, I am interested to rush. watch him on the, the film once it comes out because you miss so much. Like a lot of the plays that I talk about with liking Quinn and Williams right now, I definitely did not see when I was watching on TV. So I could have missed a lot, but definitely seemed like he was pretty quiet, but, but we'll see because again, like some of the plays that I'll bring up and show of him, you know, contributing in the passing game, I, Again, definitely did not see watching right. it on the broadcast, but right. uh, it seemed like he's pretty quiet. Um, before we get into a few other things, injuries in this game, Bell and Cashman. I mean, as far as Cashman having a groin injury week one against the Bills, I'm not going to get my hopes up um, based off last year for Mosley. So I'm just going to bank on Cashman never returning the season and then opting out next year. But hopefully he can come back because I was pretty excited to watch the Jets have an athletic pass coverage linebacker, a new age type of linebacker that's not named Darren Lee. Um, 
and you know him getting injured in the first drive was a big bummer. Bell, uh, I mean, uh, I mean that's it's a bummer. I hope that P Ryan gets back. I think Gore looked pretty solid. Um, uh, you know, uh, I mean, some questions arise a little bit about being at that low body fat percentage for for Bell, but he knows his body better than I do, obviously. But seems like uh, that was a bit of a concern was that soft tissue injuries were going to be a thing. And that's of course what happens in the first game, but uh, hopefully he's back sooner rather than later because he is just such a weapon, you know, as, as for all as Adam Gase talked about getting him in space. I mean, he didn't really do that too much. I mean, he got bell down the sideline, which is a great play. Sam's best throw of the game. He did try to get him on the screen and then the halfback angle, but bell slipped on the angle route. And then he looked just his hamstring looked like it was hurting him too much on, on the screen. Um, the other thing, Michael, is is Adam Gase. Uh, we didn't really talk too much about his play call. I mean, do you have any qualms about his play calling? I guess the one thing I would say is that I don't think we saw one designed rollout for Sam that I can re- remember. Uh, I think if I'm right, I don't think there was a I single rollout. Don't he had plenty. Think so I don't pl- think there was. He had plenty of opportunities. What we were talking about to escape between the the guard and tackle uh, and and roll out, which is is was beneficial for his game. But that would be my biggest complaint about Gase would be the lack of any rollouts um, for Sam. And then I guess the, the screens on third down, he had the one uh, at the end of the half, which made absolutely zero sense. He had third and 10, I think it was on our second drive. That was just a screen to Hogan. That was just a give up call. The touchdown was a screen. And honestly, I don't think that would work <laughs> nine times out of 10. That's not going to work, but really good blocking by Herndon and Perriman on that play. But but Arnold, Michael, what were your thoughts on Adam Gase in this game? Do you think – how much of this do you think was on him? Because he's getting a lot of flack. A lot of people want him fired already. Granted, people want him fired before the season. But what are, what are your opinion, opinions on Adam Gase in this game? So to start with the negatives, I think there are some things you can clearly blame him for. You can for, – as a head coach, you can blame him for the overall preparedness of the team. The Jets were thoroughly, thoroughly outplayed in this game on both sides of the ball. So you can blame him for that for sure. Um, and then definitely just the adjustments in the game. Those weren't really there. And, you know, the Jets did kind of get back into it, but that was mostly because the Bills were missing field goals and Allen fumbled a couple times. Uh, so the preparedness of the, of the team overall, you can definitely blame him for that. Um, but I do think on the offensive side, not that he – coached a good game and like you said there are a lot of ways he can make it easier for Sam Darnold but at the same time if Darnold hits some throws that he should hit if the receivers catch some balls that they should catch uh, then things you you judge him a lot differently we always judge coaches based on the results rather than the process which it's hard to blame anyone because you can't rewatch these plays when they're live on tv but uh, if some if some players particularly Darnold, execute better. I think we think differently about Gase, but at the same time, as you said, there, you know, you could call some more play action rollouts, give him some more RPOs, uh, stop running on second and long. That's another thing that he probably should stop doing. It's a concept that makes sense, but uh, just when you look at the numbers, it's a lot more successful to throw out of second and long than it is to run. Not that you should do it every time, but it, it's something it's, I broke it down in the, the numbers I did based on what he called every down distance last year, he ran on second and long way too much. Uh, and it's something he continued, uh, continued in this game. So there are plenty of things to criticize him for. Also the, you mentioned the play at the end of the first half, that was absolutely brutal with 
20 seconds left and the clock stopped. First down at around the 20-yard line, I believe. No timeouts. He calls a bubble screen in the middle of the field that runs the clock out and leads to a field goal. When you could just take three shots at the end zone or do a quick out to get a little bit closer, uh, and instead he does that. That was ridiculous. Um, the delay of game to start that one drive, that probably more so on Darnold, but if you want to blame Gase a little bit, I guess you can knock him for that. Uh, so, I mean, there was a lot of stuff you could complain about in this game. Also, the fourth quarter drives to start out, not a lot of urgency with those. Um, so, so there's plenty of stuff to blame him for in this game for sure. But I do think you also have to understand that it wasn't all him. Darnold missed some throws in this game that you just have to make and made some decisions that you just can't make. Uh, and the receivers as well. I mean, Perriman and Hogan, 17 yards on nine targets. It's less than two yards a target, that type of separation. Uh, they didn't separate. They didn't catch contested passes. Crowder had some bad drops early. Herndon had a fumble. Also, a catch he could have made on a dar- little bit low Darnold throw early on. So um, at the, you can't just blame everything on the coach. There was a lot of plays that, if executed, would have made the results look a lot better, and you wouldn't be blaming him as much. But at the same time, there were he, he definitely had a big part in this. There were, he could make things easier, uh, and there are just simple things that he's still not doing well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, for, for me, when I, when I think about Adam Gase uh, as a play caller, I, I feel like as a fan, you talk yourselves into things. You're clearly always trying to be hopeful and trying to be optimistic. And I, you know, I watched a lot of Adam Gase this summer. I'm not the biggest Gase apologist, but I, I would say I was probably higher than on, on him than the average Jets fan. I was never saying that he was going to lead us to a Super Bowl or anything, but I was like, all right, well, now that he has an offensive line, let's see what he can do. I agree. I, I don't think that – I felt like this game was more on Darnold than it was on Gase. Um, clearly, he missed some throws, but – Still, Gase has got to be better. He's got to call some more rollouts. He's got to be more aggressive on third down. We saw what Darnold was able to do when they got up-tempo towards the end of the half. So Gase still has plenty of room for improvement for me. Um, but, you know, uh, it's disappointing to, to see that the offense didn't come together. But I guess what can you expect with only a month uh, of preparation? Uh, Michael, as far as your, your players of the game, uh, why don't you run through some of them? There were a few bright spots despite a pretty ugly game overall. Well, two guys immediately come to mind. We talked about them already. Marcus May and Bless Austin. Uh, more, more so Marcus May. He's definitely player of the game for the Jets. So those two guys. And offensively, I th- I want, I'm going to give a shout-out to Mekhi Becton. He was not perfect in this game, but this was his first career start against a veteran rusher and Jerry Hughes, who, you know, it's a tough challenge for a rookie, even if he's 32 years old. You know, a guy who has, you know, plenty of experience against a rookie, that's tough. And he flashed quite a bit. So if I'm going to go three guys, I would go with Marcus May, Bless Austin, and Mekhi Becton. Yeah, I would say I, I agree with you. I think uh, May, Mekhi uh, Becton, and Bless are, are the obvious uh, candidates. Um, it, it, you know, if Gore got a few more touches, I thought he actually was fairly impressive for, for what I considered he was going to be. Um, do you think that, that he could be a better fit for this offense than Le'Veon Bell? We had the same discussion last year. With, with Powell versus Bell, and now it's Gore versus Bell. It sounds like Pirine is more of a Gore-like running back who just hits the hole immediately. But from what you saw in the limited action, do you think that, it, you know, for this year that Gore and Pirine might be better options running the football than Bell? Well, I feel like there were some flashes of we didn't get to see too much of the run game because they had to go away from it so quickly. 
but I feel like there were some flashes early on where, um, you know, this could be an O-line that could give Bell the room to be as patient as he wants to be because we know that's what his game is built around. So the better the blocking is, the more that is going to stand out. So I think there were some flashes of him being a good fit for this O-line early on. But, but like you said, Gore got in there and he was he had some really nice runs where he would uh, hesitate just a little bit to let things develop, but then plow forward, get a positive gain. So uh, I like what Gore can bring to this offense, but I, I still would like to see what Bell can do over uh, hopefully they can have if you know, if he does play next week a game where they can actually focus on running the ball early on and not get down so quickly so we can see what he can do but uh, I do think Bell can do well behind this offensive line yeah I mean I'm still you know hopeful that the Le'Veon Bell can do something in this offense but I think the more performances he stacks up like this I think it's more and more likely that the Jets might trade him at the deadline um, but I'm hoping that he can come back healthy and at least get a glimpse of, of what he looks like <laughs> with Pittsburgh. It seems like it's been, I mean, it's over a year now that we've been waiting for this bell explosion and we really got a little bit of it week one last year. And since then, not much. Um, but you know, there's still hope, especially with the improved offensive line play. Um, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, Michael, any last thoughts on this game? We'll have more podcasts this week talking and, and previewing the, the Niners game next week, but That'll do it for, for the Bills wrap-up, unless Michael has anything you'd like to add. Well, what did you think of uh, Braden Mann on special teams? It was it was sort of was, a mixed bag. I think I, his right. first couple kicks, they were re- really good distance and hang time, but then we also – Roberts averaged 14 yards of punt return on his five returns, so they couldn't – and there were a lot of missed tackles. And, uh, they were, you know, plays you should just make on special teams, but at the same time, I think it does kind of bring up the – the concern that we did have, is he going to outkick the coverage? So uh, I, I think they were mostly just missed tackles. Maybe that's just me with wishful thinking, but uh, that was a concern that is he going to outkick the coverage and kind of saw that in this game. Yeah, a little bit. I think on his first punt, he was a little slow to, to get it off. I thought he was going to get blocked. Um, he had some nice punts. I think he had one bad one towards the end of the game, but Good on the holds. Um, I would say he, if not for May and Blast playing well, I would say he's probably next in line for, for the MVP. So, uh, so far, a good performance for Braden Man. But hoping we can have a better performance for Sam Darnold and less of uh, – we don't need to see Braden Man that many times um, because that was pretty depressing. But, hey, the Jets did outscore the Bills in the second half. Did end on a, uh, on a touchdown drive. We'll see if that gives them some momentum going into next week. But certainly a tough task against uh, San Francisco. Um, on Sunday, but you have to remember with these early games, it always feels like when you lose your first game of the season that you're, you know, your season's hopeless and it's over and you're always trying to make back this win, but you know, it's just one loss. It's a 16 game season. Yeah. It's when you, after your first game, that's your entire season to that point. It's like when we beat the, or when the jets beat the Lions in 2018, it felt like they could do nothing wrong. They had no weaknesses. Darren Lee was a breakout star. The world was perfect at that point. Right. Well, I mean, and then, then you know, the rest of the season hit. So and I guess, Adam Gase came in and outscored us twenty nothing in the first that's, half. That's true. <laughs> so I guess the hope is is that um, you know maybe they can surprise the Niners next week. Um, but the week after that, they get Indianapolis. The Niners do have to make a cross country trip. But that's a true. lot of people and, talk about how you know the Jets have to make four cross country trips this season, but they also have to host teams coming right. over. Right, and I would say that going west to east is actually harder than east to west. Um, but you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's flawed. 
they're a run first team that plays into the Jets' strengths, but that pass rush certainly terrifies me. But the week after, they get Indianapolis, who just lost to Jacksonville week one. So hopefully that's a game that the Jets could steal. And even if they lose to the Niners, then they could be sitting at one and two going into primetime Monday or Thursday night football. So the season is not lost is the point. Certainly a very ugly performance for the defense, a sloppy performance for the offense, but there were some things in here that I thought they could fix. But the concerning part is we need consistency out of Darnold um, and the defense just needs to, to be better. That pass rush was, was quite concerning, but you can follow us at CYJ pod on Twitter. You can follow Michael at Michael underscore Nanny. You can follow myself at Ben W. Blessington. Find our podcasts uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Jets X Factor, also the best place to go for Jets content. That'll do it for us. Hope everybody's having a good one. I know, I know it was a tough day um, yesterday by the time you're listening to this, but it's just week one, 16 ga- or 15 games left, so plenty of time for the Jets to right the ship and uh, win some games. Ronald takes the snap, looks left under pressure. Oh, it's one over the middle. McDougal. And he 